0: Talk to my friend Drew and Allen. I'll tell you what, he's a tough guy. A millennial conservative. I've, I've become a big fan of One your writing. Of the great young thinkers of our time. Appreciate his opinion. Conservative Drew friends. Allen, and Drew die Allen. Hard conservative I look into this guy for wisdom. I hate to do this. I really do. I hate to start off this program with some really, really bad news, but I gotta break it to you. Brace yourselves. Are you ready? Make sure you're, you're holding on tight to your steering wheel and you're calm. All right, here it is. Mary Trump. Mary Trump is removing her podcast from Spotify. <laughs> that's, that's right. Mary Trump's removing her, her podcast from Spotify. She's actively engaged in this new self-cancellation culture that I'm loving. I'm loving it. More on Whoopi Goldberg in a second. But I did not know that Mary Trump had a had a had a podcast. Did you? And so, before anyone even knew it existed, she's now going to pull it off of Spotify. So now no one will ever hear Mary Trump's podcast. Probably, maybe it's available somewhere else. M- maybe, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised in Mary Trump's case if it's not really because look, we we know she's looking to profiteer off of the family. Uh, to make a name for herself even if it means throwing her own family members under the bus. But I wouldn't put it past Mary Trump to make this announcement so that people actually know she has a podcast in an effort to get listeners. I, I kid you not, that could be what Mary Trump's up to. But uh you know, Whoopi Goldberg, she uh you know, she made those outrageous comments on the view the other day. Somebody tweeted out something that I thought was kind of funny. They said, you know, with names like Whoopi and Joy, you'd think this would be the happiest, happy, happiest show on TV. And of course it's not. It is, it's a bunch of high-pitched, screeching, uh, liberal leftist women who, I don't know, they, they don't seem to have enough brain cells, which would be two, to rub together amongst them all. But anyway, nonetheless, Whoopi Goldberg got uh, suspended for two weeks. I don't know if she's being paid or not. I guess that probably doesn't matter to her. Uh, But she basically, you know what she said? Well, the big thing that she's under fire for that's in the news, which doesn't even explain the half of how bad it was and how sick and, and honestly just perverted and demented and wrong, ignorant, her point of view is on this. She said the Holocaust wasn't about race. That on the surface, that just... The low-hanging fruit here, without digging any deeper than that, the Holocaust wasn't about race. Hitler explicitly explained, even if you read in Mein Kampf, he looked at the Jews as a race. That's what he called them, identified them as. So somehow she missed that. You know, and it's funny, too. The, the left has been incensed lately, of course, because I believe it's a Tennessee school district that is, uh, is removing, the school board there is removing mouse. Uh, this graphic novel about the Holocaust from their curriculum, citing bad language in there and also some nudity. And, you know, what's amazing is that, you know, this has been a part of curriculum in a lot of places for a long time. Uh, I actually never came across it in my education. I didn't read this particular book that they're so upset about. I definitely still learned about the Holocaust, took trips in Dallas even to the local Holocaust uh, museum there, they had a box car, and it's important to learn that history absolutely. But they're so upset about the banning of this one particular book, and of course, I've got to say this too: they're not trying to stop teaching the Holocaust. They're not saying the Holocaust isn't important. Most of these, this this particular school district, for example, they're just looking for a different book, or they won't use that specific book to teach the Holocaust. So it's a little bit outrageous this overreaction to what's taking place but they're so upset about about getting rid of mouse and yet you've got here Whoopi goldberg who who obviously never read the book herself or any books about the holocaust because she doesn't understand that yes indeed the holocaust was about race but anyway she got put on this two week suspension and she's outraged she's livid don't you know How can this happen to Whoopi Goldberg? This is supposed to happen to to only conservatives. This cannot happen to her. And so she's living and she's threatening uh, to quit, apparently, allegedly, according to sources that are close to the matter. She's she's threatening to quit and leave the view, boo-hoo, over this suspension because it's unfair, of course, you see. No accountability for her. And I got to tell you, I'll feel sympathy for people like Whoopi Goldberg. Uh, when they beg forgiveness for canceling, for example, uh, uh, Carano. What's her first name? You know, the actress on The Mandalorian, Gina Carano. They canceled her. And Gina is very, very smart, by the way, Gina Carano. What she got canceled for was pointing out the hatred that was spreading like wildfire throughout this, this country hating conservatives, for example, for their political views in the height of COVID, madness, and everything else. And she got canceled for saying, look, you know, this is the kind of thing that happened in Nazi Germany. Uh, uh, This us versus them, this is the way genocide, I mean, I'm saying this, but this is roughly what she was saying. You know, this is very dangerous. You know, the next thing you know, you're rounding up your neighbors and ratting them out because of hatred, because of this distance that's put between you. Um, based on this this contempt for an entire group of people based on their political differences, and that's been borne out to be true. Certainly, we have a tyrannical government that's been doing that very thing, pitting neighbor against neighbor, with well many issues, but especially with COVID, with the vaccine mandates and everything else, treating people who weren't vaccinated like the scourge of the earth. You know, wishing you a, a winter of death and disease. But if you're vaccinated, well done, you listen to us. So Gina Carano made an astute point that turned out to be true, but she was canceled for it. You had Morgan Wallen. He's the country music star. Remember what happened to him? I remember writing about this early on because I thought it was so crazy. He had a neighbor that had one of those little cameras set up outside their house. I actually have one, a ring. I think they had a ring or something like that set up outside uh, the front door. And on the, the ring camera, they captured Morgan Wallen coming home to his house in a suburb outside of Nashville, Tennessee. And, you know, I think they even had a DD. There was a woman in the car, and, and Morgan and his buddy were drunk. And he used the N-word, of course, in private, on his lawn, towards his, his, his buddy. Now he didn't mean anything by it. He didn't harm anybody. He didn't put it out there on social media. He didn't use it in a demeaning, derogatory fashion. It was just It was just something he said to his friend on his own private property, harmless, completely harmless and This neighbor turned this video that they recorded from across the street in, and for this, he was cancelled. You had Roseanne Barr who was cancelled. I mean, the list just goes on and on, and they didn't come to the defense of any of, the, any of these people. In fact, they, they defended it. And you had Micah Brzezinski, or whatever her, her, her name is there, you know, with her husband, Joe Scarborough. She was apoplectic about this two-week suspension. She's saying, you know, if, if Whoopi Goldberg gets fired for this, I mean, this is the end. I mean, cancel culture, what is going on? This world's going to implode. But only when it happens to them. And I saw Newt Gingrich out there today, and I, I, (laughs) Newt Gingrich is fantastic. I love Newt. He's a patriot. I agree with him 99.9% of the time. Today, I found myself disagreeing with him. And I've heard this on conservative side, and I understand it from a principled side, and I used to agree with this. And that's this. We should defend Whoopi Goldberg's Right to free speech, defend her against being canceled, just like we defend Joe Rogan or somebody else. But the problem with that is the left doesn't ever change their behavior when we come to their defense. When we, they don't play by the same rules as us, right? They're unprincipled, they're not moral, they're not virtuous, and they'll come for the, for the jugular every time if it's a conservative— And coming to Whoopi's defense isn't going to change Whoopi's attitude. She'll go right back on the view, spout her hatred, condemn conservatives, call for our cancellation, come out against Joe Rogan, so it doesn't change them. There have to be repercussions for the left. That's the only thing that's going to get them to realize how dangerous this game they are playing is. And so, yeah, I'll come to Whoopi's defense when she begs for forgiveness and defends all these other people and calls for them to be reinstated. And, uh, you know, the the, the jobs report numbers, by the way, to change gears here is about to be dismal. And you know how bad it's going to be, not just because I actually have the numbers here to tell you the jobs report numbers for January, but I actually, CNN is already running an article ahead of these numbers being officially reported by the Biden regime to try and defend themselves, to try and soften the blow, to set us up. For the disappointments that's coming, they're already prepping, saying, hey, you know, the the conservatives out there are going to overreact to this number. We need to be careful. You know, one month doesn't make a big difference. I mean, it makes a huge difference when it's Trump, right? One bad, bad month. And what do they do? You know, I mean, they, they pile on. This is what I'm talking about with them holding themselves to a different standard than us. And so we can't play that game anymore. We need to play according to the same rules that they do. So Biden here's what, here's what these numbers are, so he was expected to add this is this is uh this is one of the worst months in my memory in recent time, and we're supposed to add some two hundred thousand odd jobs, and instead we lost three hundred ten thousand. We'll see if those numbers get altered a little bit, but that's the gist. We were supposed to add two hundred thousand, but instead we lost. 300, over 300,000. That's a net loss. That's not just, hey, we missed the mark. We were going to create 200,000 jobs. That's what we were projecting and predicting. But we only created 60,000 jobs. No, this is we lost over 300,000 jobs. Now, they're saying this is because of Omicron and so on and so forth. But you know what? They are responsible for the reaction to Omicron to begin with. What did the media do? I mean, they they acted like it was March of 2020 with the least threatening strain of the virus yet. The common cold, essentially. It was no different. They didn't even do this when the Delta variant was discovered. But it was gloom and doom, hide in your homes, shut down your bars, run for the hills, go down into your bunker because of Omicron. But that's what they're saying. They want to downplay this already just like they want to downplay the size of the caravan, the freedom caravan in Canada. Anything that could harm their narrative, harm their political ambitions or harm them politically, just downplay it. Don't don't confront it. We don't be You know, this is the thing. I would love a responsible president who would look at this job number and not lie about it. Just come out and say, "Look, this is a very bad number." you know, it's okay to make mistakes. This is me just talking here now. It's okay to make mistakes. I'm just talking in general. Obviously, this regime, everything's a mistake, and it's intentional. But in general, okay, people make mistakes. I can forgive that. But What's respectable, what's necessary in somebody who's actually a solid leader with good intentions is to acknowledge the danger, acknowledge the crisis, and then immediately seek ways to fix it. But this regime's not going to do that because their damage is intentional, and they don't give a you-know-what, a darn. And so Biden's not going to come out and say, Wow, guys, this is really worrisome. we got to change some things. we got to do some things. Uh, We've got a problem here. No, he's going to come out and defend it and say, it's not a big deal. It's not my fault. They'll blame it on Trump, probably, and so on and so forth. But anyway, like I said, CNN's out there running inter- interference for this, for this regime already to, to prepare us, prepare us for the dour, dour economic report. And this is, you know, speaking of CNN, um, Jeff Zucker has resigned. Well, he was forced to resign. And this is the most people have paid attention to CNN in over a year. I kid you not. I want to get into this story pretty majorly here because I find this just absolutely fascinating, stunning what's taken place, mainly because it's another one of those stories where we don't have the truth. The facts that we have or the information that has been provided thus far doesn't quite make sense. Kind of like what's taking place in Russia, Ukraine, with all of that conflicting information. It doesn't add up. The actions don't match the words coming from certain individuals, and so we're left with theories. Some could call them conspiracy theories, but, you know, this is the age of conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories, by the way, that are oftentimes proven true. Most of the time, proven true. But it's, it's the... Age and era of conspiracy theories because there is an absence of truth. And in the absence of truth and transparency, all you are left with are conspiracy theories, grasping, trying to put the narrative together yourself because you know what's being said and reported doesn't make sense. You can smell the dishonesty. And so we, myself, Drew Thomas Allen here, is left doing what? Trying to solve the mystery, put the pieces together. So here's the deal. So Jeff Zucker, he's out at CNN, right? And the reason being given is that he failed to disclose a consensual relationship, that'd be a sexual relationship, with a colleague at CNN. Now that woman's name, the colleague, is Allison, I don't know how to pronounce her last name, Allison Golust, G-O-L-L-U-S-T, Lust. That's good in there because he had an affair with her in the midst of his 21-year-some-odd marriage to his wife, who he divorced in 2018. Now, anyway, I want to to read you the, the statement that Allison released following the news. Jeff and I have been close friends and professional partners for over 20 years. Recently, our relationship changed during covid I regret that we didn't disclose it at the right time. What's wrong with that statement? It's a lie. You know what I'm talking about? I'll tell you why it's a lie. She's sitting here suggesting apparently that, well, they've been close friends and just professional partners for over 20 years, but recently their relationship changed to a sexual one in nature, I suppose, during COVID. But uh, in 2013... Zucker came over to CNN from NBC. You know, he was some young hotshot Zucker. I think in his 20s, he was the executive producer or something like that of the Today Show. So he was, he was, uh, whatever. I don't know. He was a rising star. And so he moved over to CNN from NBC. And then he brought Allison Golist over and made her the head of PR. And then later that year, She was promoted by him to the chief media officer. Now, here's what's interesting. Katie Couric wrote about this woman, Allison, in her memoir. She she writes, I had to wonder why Jeff was angling so hard to bring Allison on board. She and her husband and kids had moved in. This would be Allison and her husband and kids had moved into the apartment right above Jeff Zucker and Karen's. Everyone who heard about the cozy arrangement thought it was super strange. The reality is CNN's known about this relationship for nine years. Zucker and his wife divorced in 2018. And so anyway, it's ridiculous. So he's being, he's forced to resign, allegedly, because he didn't disclose this relationship that was an open secret. You know, you know what, by the way, before I get into my theories here, you know what this relationship reminds me of with Zucker? Like, like so many Democrats. So many Democrats. And I tell you what. They are, by and large, the party of the virtuous. The, the sick, twisted, perverted. Those without morals. You know why? Because the Democratic Party welcomes individuals, that don't have morals. They welcome them. They do not condemn these people. That is par for the course in the Democratic Party. And in fact, these amoral individuals typically flock to the Democratic Party because what does the Democratic Party claim to represent? The Democratic Party acts as if they are a mighty cathedral in which your sins are forgiven and absolved. You can still commit them, but as long as you're a Democrat, you know, the Democrat Party represents the middle class, the working class, unless, of course, you're a Canadian truck driver. In that case, you're smeared and destroyed. But nonetheless, the Democrats represent the middle class, the little guy. They're the party of the intellect, the party of science, the party of of love and tolerance, and this is the shelter for the amoral people because they can shield themselves in the robes these fake robes artificial robes that 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 scream i love people i want to help people i'm a democrat and so anyway back to zucker you know i was thinking about uh uh what what am i trying to say here you know i i don't know my my brain is scrambled here with these uh, these names for some reason, uh, Bill Gates. That's what I was trying to think of. You know, a, a friend of mine who I've got to reach back out to soon. I just saw a message come through. Sh- she she tuned into this podcast for the first time. I think God bless her, and I appreciate it. And uh, and she 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 said I reminded her a little bit of Ben Shapiro, and and Ben Shapiro. That's a huge compliment, and Ben Shapiro is uh, much smarter than I am. And he talks fast, so I don't know if my friend is complimenting me and saying that I'm smart or I just talk really, really fast, but but I'm hoping it's a little bit of both. But back to uh, Bill Gates here. You know, Bill Gates, you know, this is, what was it, just last year that, uh, that Bill and Melinda Gates, they divorced? That's right, it was last summer, I think, in June or something like that, June or July, Bill and Melinda Gates divorced. Now, Bill Gates, this great philanthropist, right? This great guy, this geek, this nerd, this brilliant person who stole a bunch of ideas uh, from his his colleagues at the time, whether it was Steve Jobs and those folks. But nonetheless, Bill Gates, the image of, of wonderfulness, Mr. Wonderful himself, the glasses, a geek, just a nerdy guy that was giving money to all this kind of research and health and these initiatives and everything else. But what did it turn out? What did we learn about Bill Gates? Well, he was shacking up with an ex-girlfriend at some, uh, what do they call this place? Like some kind of cottage. Sea cottage, I think they called it, North Carolina, that he had. He was shacking up with her. It was the sex cabin, the sex cottage, while he was cheating on his wife. And it turns out that he wasn't just cheating on his wife then. But, you know, let me, let me tell you a little bit, bit about Bill Gates here. Because this is going to get into my theory about what happened at CNN. But, you know, Bill Gates used to uh, show up to work at Microsoft in a Mercedes. And it was always reported by by people around there. It was odd. So he'd show up up to work in a Mercedes. And then an hour later, after arriving at work in the Mercedes, he'd drive off in some Porsche that a security personnel of his had brought. It's the old car swap, folks. The old car swap. And that only means one thing. He's going to some off-site meetings... That weren't on the calendar. And it wasn't to talk business, if you know what I mean. It was to do some other business. And this this went on for a long, long time. So this is goes back to... Back in 2000, people knew he was having an affair. And this creep, Bill Gates, by the way. So so the gal he was banging in the, the, the cabin by the sea. Her name was... Uh, what was it? Ann... Anne Winblad, I think was her name. So Anne Winblad. So he was dating this girl uh back before it goes back to nineteen eighty-four. Nineteen eighty-four he was dating this gal named Winblad, Anne. And, and and anyway, he meets Melinda French, who became his wife, Melinda Gates, about a decade later, nineteen ninety-four. So this creep before he, he he marries Melinda French in ninety-four. He actually goes to his his ex-girlfriend who wasn't quite an ex-girlfriend, Anne, and he says, "Hey, Anne, you know me. We have a lot of good times together, if you know what I mean, wink wink in the cottage by the sea. Do you think it's okay with you if I marry He went to his mistress to ask her for permission to marry Melinda, and so this continued to go on so so Gates kept this affair going on, and that's where he'd meet with uh, Anne in the North Carolina sex pad. I'm telling you, see, these Democrats are perverts. They're always perverts. Not everyone, you know what I mean, but proportionally, there are way too many perverts in the Democratic Party. And this takes me back to CNN. A bunch of Democrat perverts. So, do you remember some of these other names before I get into what happened with Zucker? Uh, Look, we've we've got Don Lamont, who's been under... Uh, investigation or at least sued uh, for sexual assault claims against him. We had Chris Cuomo who was fired uh, because his brother Andrew Cuomo was also guilty of sexual misconduct and Chris Cuomo was using his position at CNN to find out information and help him in the investigation. So he got fired. And by the way, Zucker did not want to fire, did not want to fire Chris Cuomo. He drug his feet for a year until he had to do it and pull the trigger because it just became too big of a scandal and a headache for the network, which was already, already just plagued, plagued by failure. And then we learned not too long ago, a guy named Rick Salibi, he was a senior producer for Jake Tapper's The Lead Show. Well, he was arrested for what? Pedophilia a part of a criminal investigation into allegations of misconduct involving juvenile victims. But a week before Salibi, Rick Salibi, the Jake Tapper uh, producer, before that, you had John Griffin at CNN, another producer. He was fired after he was arrested for attempting to engage in sexual activity with a nine-year-old girl. This is, I believe, the guy that Project Veritas... Uh, investigated, hat on camera. And this guy's thing, he was trying to get some mother and her nine-year-old daughter to, I guess, have some orgy with him. So where are we with this? We've got perverts galore at CNN. And CNN, CNN, their ratings have nosedived 90%. 90% since 2021. Now, back in January of 2021, when they were I don't know, doing their best fictional storytelling of their of their history since they started 40 years ago, you know, they were talking about the fake insurrection that didn't happen. So they were really good at telling that lie and making that fictional non-insurrection. And so their, their ratings were were huge. And then as soon as that fell apart, the American people woke up, it lost its luster, and people moved on, and they realized what a farce it was with the J6 committee and everything else. So in one year... Since that fictional coverage that had people glued to CNN, their ratings have tanked 90%. Think about that. They've almost lost 100%. I mean, that's insane. Insane. So I'll give you an idea. So, so a year ago, this is, this is basically January where these ratings numbers are coming from. But here's the perspective. So during the week of January 3rd, 2021, okay, that's the fake insurrection coverage they were doing. They had 2.7 million average viewers. Now, during the same week this year—that'd be just last month—the network averaged 548,000 viewers. Think about that. So, CNN to dumpster fire. Now, here's the deal. Here's the backstory with CNN. CNN is owned by AT and T. All right, AT and T is the umbrella company. Now, AT and T. Uh, has not made wise financial decisions. They, too, are a dumpster fire in terms of their debt. Now, they have been gobbling up certain companies. AT&T bought Time Warner uh, for $85.4 billion. They bought DirecTV in 2015, back in 2015, for $49.5 billion. Those are both with Bs. And and they've racked up a debt of, of about $150 billion. So... This is why they've been trying to do this new merger. It's going to be, uh, I believe it's like Time Warner. or It's Warner Media and Discovery. Warner Media Discovery, okay? So, th- th- yes, Discovery is the channel from TV, but they're, they're trying to create different publicly traded companies. They're doing everything they can to try and get rid of this massive debt. Massive debt, okay? And 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 there's been speculation about this new merger. Would they sell CNN for example since they own CNN? Would they sell CNN in in an attempt to to you know, I mean basically earn some billions to pay down their debt. And they don't seem like they want to do that, that they're interested in doing that. Uh uh many people have 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 suggested that they want to keep CNN perhaps and turn it into a real news network again. I mean, think about this. One of the guys that, that, that really just disparaged CNN, who works for the AT&T conglomerate there, his name's John Malone. Uh, he's this big, big wig billionaire. You know what his nickname is, actually, John Malone? It's the Cable Cowboy. Pretty cool name. Anyway, the Cable Cowboy, John Malone, uh, he's the chairman of something called Liberty Media. They're also owned under the AT&T umbrella. And so he's on the board of discovery, and he's a smart guy. And so anyway, he he said this, I think it was on CNBC, uh, maybe maybe last year, but he said he'd like to see, it, see CNN essentially evolve back into doing the kind of journalism it started with. The guy is basically saying there's no journalism happening at CNN. I mean, he's insulting them. He actually said, I believe, CNN didn't have journalists. Let me see if I can find that quote. Hang on, okay... All right, here I got the quote. I got the quote. I would like to see CNN evolve back to the kind of journalism that it started with, and actually have journalists, which would be unique and refreshing. (laughs) Yes, it would be unique and refreshing, wouldn't it? So here's how here's how messy this is, though. So what I don't understand about this is, you know, Zucker was talking about potentially resigning, even even before. This resignation now, so it was it was looking like it was coming, and his buddy by the way is a guy named david zaslov they got a- they got homes ten miles apart in the Hamptons i mean i think I think that Zucker's called this guy David Zaslov one of his best friends, or something like that so David Zaslov is the guy this this Warner brothers discovery merger he's going to be he was going to be zucker's boss overseeing c n n and this change trying to make them journalists again, I suppose. But he wants to keep CNN. And and so, you know, you would think that the plan was, of course, that Zaslav would keep Zucker on because they're so close. And so I think there's a couple things happening here. I, I think, here's a couple theories. One, one, what's the problem with CNN right now in terms of, look at it from a financial perspective. That's how I'm trying to look at this, a business venture. The more successful CNN is, the more its value is to the company, the more they could potentially sell it off if they wanted to or not. But no matter how you look at it from the company's perspective, AT&T, CNN's success is a good thing for them. And if they're plagued by these scandals and they're a joke in the journalistic community and they're known as the pedophile network, well, what better way to send a clear image to stockholders in the near future, and everyone else paying attention to this, then forcing the resignation of the head of the snake, which would be Jeff Zucker, for violating a very, very simple clause in the contract, which is he was supposed to report, employees are supposed to report, any kind of relationships they have with colleagues. But like I said, they didn't fire Chris Cuomo for a year. Don Lemon has allegations against him. These pedophiles worked there for many, many years under the radar and nobody knew about it. And Zucker's relationship, as I said, was already known. It was an open secret, as they described it, it, described it just like Bill Gates. And so, you know, these, the employees there are saying they're shocked, shocked by this. Now, they're not shocked by the fact that he's got this affair, That's not what they're shocked by, because as I said, they've known about it for nine years. But they're shocked that he's resigned. And I think a lot of them are wondering what's happening, too. I think that it could be, for example, that Jeff Zucker, like a Bill Gates, has done far more than just have this relationship and affair with this one woman. After all, the people that are under his watch at CNN... Have been pedophiles, have these allegations against them as well, and so it's not beyond uh, uh, the realm of possibilities that Jeff Zucker himself, like a Bill Gates, well, there's more they've uncovered, and it's better to go ahead and let Zucker resign, blame it on this simple violation, and and then hopefully. They can sweep the rest under the rug. But there's another thing, too. Zucker should be fired anyway, if you're looking at this from the perspective of he's driven the ratings into the ground. Who has been at the helm of CNN? Well, he's been the captain, and CNN's been the Titanic sinking under the water under his watch. And so from a financial perspective in terms of, of attracting investors or stockholders or, and all of the rest, looking at it from a purely financial motivation, doesn't it, doesn't it seem possible too that they would rather not put attention on the fact that CNN is a dumpster fire? They're not firing Jeff Zucker because he failed the network. They don't want to draw attention, any more attention to that. No, 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 no. It's just because he, you know, had this open affair for nine years, but we just decided to let him go because it was a violation of one of our policies. Not, 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 not because CNN's a wreck. So that's possible, too. But anyway, this is Drew Allen. I'm going to take one short break. I'll be right back. Now, everyone should be very, very excited, encouraged by this Canadian trucker convoy for freedom, because I just wrote an article. It's not out yet. By the way, I just want to say, this isn't some shameless plug or whatever, but, you know, if you want to to be alerted when I have a new article written that's published, the best place to subscribe... To get that information is Drew A-L-L-E-N, .substack.com. That's still the best place to go. And by the way, also, if you're a new listener, uh, you're listening to a top 10% of global podcasts. That would be top 10% in the world. So spread the word, tell your friends, and also... Be sure to go, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts in particular, which is where the majority of my listeners actually find this podcast and download it, subscribe, or listen to it. Give me a five-star rating there, all right? Because, believe it or not, that matters in this world. Not just It's not just really about my own uh, credibility or concerns about that either. It's that uh, I, I've got trolls, I'm not going to get into it right now, that email me. They see an article, they follow me, they keep up with me, and they send me, you know, the typical uh, hate mail to conservatives like myself. And uh, they look for ways to sabotage we conservatives, which could be giving one-star reviews and things like that. So it is a benefit, and, uh, and I would greatly appreciate that. But anyway, nonetheless, back to the business. So this Canadian trucker movement is amazing. It has exposed... The lie of the propagandist media and the tyrants, because the tyrants tell us in an effort to keep us from stepping up, from speaking up, from speaking out and against them and organizing, they try and convince us that we are the a fringe minority. A fringe minority. That's right. Those of us who love freedom, love our countries, and believe in our individual rights and the Constitution, for example, that's right. We are the fringe majority. So don't you dare step up against the tyrannical majority. You will be beaten down. That's not the case. The Canadian truckers have exposed this. It's Trudeau who's hiding, who went into the witness protection program in Canada when the Canadian truckers actually showed up. He's the one who ran away. Because he knows that the tyrants are actually the real fringe minority. So now they're into strategy number two when that failed because the truckers did organize. They are standing up and exposing them. So now it's smear mode. Smear mode. They are treating the Canadian protesters like they do the MAGA movement, the Trump supporters, or anyone who's not a a Democrat going along with their lies and their tyrannical ambitions to rip this nation to shreds. That's right. Trudeau's called them, uh, accused them of, of representing Islamophobia, racism, homophobia, everything under the sun, just like we hear here at home in America. And you should be very concerned about what I'm about to tell you, because this is the thing that we have to keep an eye on, that is really dangerous to the citizens, well, in America, Canada, and throughout the world. It is this collusion between these politicians and private companies to squash us out, to do that which they cannot legally do themselves. So they're now using private entities and enterprises, businesses, to destroy their political opposition and eliminate all dissent. So here's a Fox News story. A Canadian elected official in Ottawa allegedly deleted a tweet appearing to outline a plan to legally target the millions of dollars raised in support of the Freedom Convoy of Truckers protesting a vaccine mandate. This morning, I quote, this is the Canadian elected official, this morning I have asked the city manager and city solicitor to immediately launch court proceedings targeting the millions of dollars in funds frozen by GoFundMe, and he, he tweets at them, so Ottawa taxpayers are not left holding the bag for these protests. Now, this tweet was deleted before noon on Monday, just a few days ago, and Fox News examined Fleury, that's his name, Fleury, uh, last name, I guess. His they, they examined the Twitter account Monday morning and found it was restricted to only approved followers to see his tweets. So this guy went dark because he... Well, he put it in the open. And you're not supposed to do that as a tyrant. You're not supposed to show your cards and be so overt in your tyranny. You're supposed to keep it hidden. And this GoFundMe campaign, by the way, for these Canadian truckers, this is this is this is encouraging too. Do you know what? Just despite the fact that GoFundMe actually froze the funds to these people for a number of days. I don't know how I missed this story, and I'm sorry I missed it. But this was several days ago when GoFundMe actually froze these funds, did not allow them to access them. Now, they've since allegedly restored their access and allowed them to take this money out of this account for them after they had to submit some kind of plan about where the money was going. Now, they didn't do that with Black Lives Matter, I don't recall, because had they done that, that would have been shut down immediately, and the Black Lives Matter founders, for example, wouldn't have three multi-million dollar homes purchased by the people who gave funds to the movement. But anyway, so this GoFundMe campaign raised nearly $10 million. Now, it was started on Janu- January 14th. So basically, in two weeks, people gave $10 million in support of these freedom fighters. Now, here's what's interesting. By comparison, do you know how much money Trudeau raised during the last quarter of 2021? That's multiple months, not two weeks, a quarter. So Trudeau raised just $3.7 million during the last quarter of 2021. These freedom fighters have gotten $10 million since January 14th. That is astounding. That shows you concretely, with numbers, financial numbers, the the massive support for this movement and what they're doing. But there's something else that's problematic that's going on. And of course, it's not other than Zuckerberg's Facebook or Metaverse or whatever the heck it's called now, but Facebook. So American truckers, as I probably mentioned in the last episode this earlier this week, so American truckers had been inspired by the movement in Canada to start their own protest, to organize and the plan is to drive from California to Washington DC to protest tyranny and mandates here at home. Now, the. US group's Facebook page, the American Truckers Facebook page, it was removed early Wednesday. And one of the organizers called it censorship at its finest. Now, the group was titled Convoy to D.C. 2022, and it was a place where truckers could plan and coordinate their trek from California to D.C. What did I tell you about these tyrants? They want to do everything they can to prevent these movements and protests from even taking place, unless it's BLM or Antifa. And and, and in that case, the Democrat politicians like Kamala Harris are organizing bail funds in anticipation of the looting, rioting, and burning of our cities across America. And you know what else about these Canadian truckers? They've been protesting for a number of days now, and there has not been any violence, none whatsoever. They're still calling it a violent movement in the media, even though there's no violence, no burned buildings, no carnage, no broken windows, none of the things you see from leftist activist groups like Black Lives Matter or Antifa. And so anyway, the, the Facebook just wiped them off the face of the, earth, face of the earth, deleted the accounts, and not only that, I believe they deleted certain individual accounts too. Uh, Jeremy Johnson, who is the one actually, that's the name of the American trucker who set up this Facebook group, Convoy to DC 2022. Well, he, he said his personal account was removed. And so he's talking with a civil rights attorney to discuss the next steps. And so they're silencing people that want to speak the truth. Just like they go after Joe Rogan or anybody else. And everyone should be alarmed by this collusion. Because whether you want to admit it or not, You know, Facebook, Twitter, there are alternatives that are gaining steam right now, but those have been the common meeting places, kind of the town halls in our society with our modern technology, a place where freedom of speech uh, can be exercised and people can stay in touch and organize or do whatever peacefully and lawfully. And that's what's happened here. They didn't violate any rules. You know, every time Twitter, Facebook or whatever comes out and says you violated terms of our service, just like happened with me. They said I violated some term terms of service on Twitter by, by I don't know, inciting violence. or I can't remember. I talked about it on one of the episodes. But I didn't violate any of it. I called Joy Ann Reed a bimbo. And for that, I was suspended. And my options were be banned permanently or acknowledge that I did something wrong and they'll restore my account in 12 hours. So my account has since been restored. But I got to tell you, It hasn't been the same on Twitter for me. And I don't care about Twitter. That's not the point. The only reason I got on Twitter is because my publicist told me I had to, and so I did it last year. And, you know, despite my number of followers on there, which is very low compared to other people that do this kind of thing, who've been on there for a long time developing these followings, you know, I don't have so much to lose in terms of that. Twitter's not where I derive my sense of self-worth. But... For my small number of followers, I could compare my account to other other people who had 40,000 followers, and I've got less than 1,000, way less than 1,000, and, you know, my retweets, my likes, my, my interactions with things were just way beyond people that even had bigger followings f- than me. So, you know, my voice was getting out there. The things I was saying were being retweeted and followed and liked and so on and so forth, which was a good thing. It just meant that, you know, we're getting... Uh, of the conversation going out there. But since that suspension, it's pretty much gone silent. You know, they do this thing on Twitter. It's impressions, you know, how many people actually see the tweets you put out there. And it used to be hundreds, and now it's dozens, dozens. But anyway, this is this is what they're doing here. They are, uh, they are shutting down the Facebook groups. They're going to full cens- censorship mode to prevent this movement from taking place in America. Now, it's not going to stop them. It's not going to stop them, and we've got to fight and move forward because the reality is, just like we've seen with Whoopi Goldberg and these tyrants, when the pressure's on them, when the tables are turned, they fold like cheap lawn chairs. They don't have the stomach. They don't have the intellect. They don't have the ability to stand up to any kind of opposition. That's why they try to censor. They fear us. And when we stand up and get in the ring, they lose. That's like the analogy I tried to explain last time. We, you and me, who love freedom, who love this country and want to do the right thing to fulfill our duty to defend America, to make sure that it exists for our children and grandchildren. You know, just like Ronald Reagan said, you know, freedom isn't passed on in the bloodstream. It has to be fought for and protected. And that's what we're doing because we have to do it. That's why I'm doing this, by the way. Because I love this country. And I want this country to be, I want to leave this country better than the one I inherited. And that should be the role of every subsequent generation. And we have done that throughout our history. But now we're at a, a a, a point, an inflection point in America where we have to decide to take sides. And what side are you going to take? What side am I going to take? Well, I'm taking the side of the Canadian truckers, the American truckers, the people that are being just annihilated by the tyrants, I want to stand up and defend them because I have that in me. I don't cower. I don't care. I love this country, and that's all that matters to me, and I'm going to sit here and do this behind the microphone, do my radio interviews, write articles about it, and hopefully down the road, get more active and do things that aren't just talking, but like some of these brave truckers are doing, which is like action, right? Because what I do here on this show My intention has always been in starting this podcast to be a confident voice of conservatism to inspire others. I'm turning 35 on February 10th, as a matter of fact. But I want to encourage people who are my age or younger or older who feel like me, that they have a lot of life to live and have the fight in them to stand up and speak out because I'm not fearful of what someone can do to me. I'm doing what I'm, I'm supposed to do. But anyway, so this is, this, is, this is what's going on. They're trying to prevent this movement from taking place. And, you know, the pressure, by the way, you had Jin Psaki, Vivek Murphy, the Surgeon General, all these people in the Biden administration, by the way, they are pressuring Spotify, which is a Swedish company, a Swedish company. They are, they are encouraging Spotify to do more to what? Silence me. Silence me. And I do want to comment on something that happened with uh, Joe Rogan. Now, given these people that, like Neil Young and, uh, what, Joni Mitchell, I think, and <laughs> and uh, now uh, Mary Trump, you know, coming out and saying, we're removing our content from Spotify unless you move Joe Rogan in protest. Okay, whatever. Self-cancel yourselves. But Spotify has expressed that they're going to do more, that they're going to start labeling things... Um, you know, dangerous content, and so on and so forth. And remember, this is how Facebook started before the full-on censorship. This is how Twitter started. It starts with a warning, a disclaimer, and then it's, get rid of you. Silence you, end your account. And we have a American president and his administration openly calling for censorship of political dissent. We cannot overreact to that action and statement it's major it's what happens in dictatorships and third world countries in tyrannical regimes around the world cuba venezuela that's what they do and our government is openly calling for that here despite our first amendment right they come after all our rights first amendment second amendment none of it's sacred none of it's sacred whatsoever um, But anyway, I want to say something too encouraging. You know, Tucker Carlson, uh, his show is attracting more Democratic viewers between the ages of 25 to 54 than CNN and MSNBC. This is according to The rap, which is one of those entertainment publications that is not a friend of right, of the conservative. So something is happening major in this country, this this huge shift. Uh, People are becoming more and more interested in these people that are coming under attack. That's why my show is growing, because you cannot get this information that I am talking about on on the mainstream media. It's not there. So you have to go to other sources, whether it's Joe Rogan, whether it's uh, whether it's Tucker Carlson, whether you're listening to me. That's why this is happening. People are becoming intrigued. And as they see that happening, Joe Rogan, with more listeners, look, it's Tucker Carlson and Joe Rogan. They're the most influential people in America right now in terms of political discussion. And so the left can't tolerate that. So they want to destroy them. They want to end their careers and silence them because it's working. People are flocking to Tucker Carlson, flocking to conservative voices who actually can express a different point of view and ask the questions that the left won't tolerate or allow us to ask. So that was fascinating to me. Fascinating, absolutely. Um, You know, I was going to say something too about Whoopi Goldberg. You know, her real name is Karen Johnson. So Whoopi Goldberg's a stage name. Whoopi, she says, she got off of a whoopi cushion, okay? And Goldberg, uh, actually, it's quite fascinating. I I can't corroborate and verify this, but the story is that her mother thought that Goldberg— you know, well she wanted to have some kind of Jewish last name because I guess she thought that having a Jewish name in the entertainment industry because it was, you know, notoriously run by Jews, so they would say, was going to help her get a leg up. And now you have Goldberg who was out there on the view, suspended for 2 weeks because this is this is what I was going to say as well. It's not just that she said the Holocaust wasn't about race, it's that she basically disregarded the whole event as a fight between white people. Because I can't explain this as well as uh, Ben Shapiro did. Now, he had a fantastic article he wrote explaining this, using the liberal uh, talking points and their terminology and everything for it, <clears throat> like a critical race theory type of thing. But basically, I've heard it said by people around me too, and I, I just thought they're younger, they're in their 20s. One One kid grew up in Puerto Rico and he said this to me, and now I understand what he was talking about. You know, his position was that white people cannot be victims and white people cannot be oppressed because white people are the only people who have ever been oppressors in the world. And so by definition, if you are white, you cannot be a minority. You cannot be a victim. And so it's this class warfare. And so what what Goldberg said that was most alarming is that basically she she kind of diminished what happened to the Jews because the Jews... Well, they're white people, right? Supposedly, their skin was white is what she's claiming. And so because, you know, it was white versus white and the Jews aren't really a victim class, this is her, this is her insane... I know it sounds crazy to you, but this is what she's thinking. Because the Jews are successful, educated, um, and white, well, they can't be part of the oppressed class. Only black people, only brown people, those are the only people... That, that really are victims in society. And that's what's so insane about what she was suggesting. That's what's so insane. But I want to close out <clears throat> with this here. Um, the U.S. Army has announced that they are going to, well, fire everyone who's not vaccinated in the military now. It's come to that now. That's where we are. Which is so insane because the Supreme Court of the United States obviously struck down The Biden OSHA vaccine mandates that would have affected companies in this in this country um, saying that, you know, one of the arguments was this is a in the world issue, COVID, just like the flu or something else. And we know the vaccines don't even prevent the spread of COVID. So how in hell Can you require and treat the vaccinated any differently than you would the unvaccinated when both can get the virus, both can transmit the virus? And so anyway, that was part of the argument. And so why should the military be any different? Why would you fire unvaccinated military individuals, unvaccinated military personnel and the army? Outrageous. But of course, the Biden regime and the military is saying, oh, they pose a threat, a threat to the other officers and uh, soldiers. And everything That's a lie. So here we are in a dangerous stage in the world. China's growing their military. Russia's growing their military. We have, we have foes everywhere we look that want to bring us down, including in our own government. And we have the army firing all the unvaccinated, terminating the unvaccinated soldiers. This is so ridiculous. But don't worry. Don't pay attention to this. It's not a big deal because you know what Joe Biden announced today? He's going to cure cancer. That's right. He's going to cure cancer. Is this not the most laughable administration you've ever heard in the world? We've been trying to cure cancer forever, forever. And I'm not going to get into all the theories about why that hasn't taken place. Not for me, but what other people have said that are very intelligent. But now he's going to cure cancer. This guy said he was going to end the pandemic, but he didn't end the pandemic. In fact, more Americans have died under the Biden regime than did under the Trump administration. So he failed with COVID, but now he's announcing he's going to end cancer, find a cure for cancer, take our tax dollars and fund research. Maybe Fauci can head this because he did such a bang-up job with AIDS and HIV research. He promised that vaccine. That never happened. And obviously the uh, COVID vaccine isn't working either. So maybe you should put Fauci in charge of the cancer, uh, of curing cancer wouldn't that be perfect? Wouldn't that be great? Maybe Pfizer can come out with a booster shot to solve cancer next week or a pill. And if it doesn't work, you know, just get another one. Sheesh. Sheesh. But you know, has anyone, I, I don't, I haven't seen this yet, but I would be curious to know. Um, Has anyone asked Harvey Weinstein uh, for his opinion about the vaccine mandates taking place? I mean, how does, I would, I want to know, how does Harvey Weinstein feel about the ultimatum? Let me stick it in you or you're fired. What do you think Harvey would say about, about that saying, hey, let me stick it in you or you're fired. Do you think he would have something to say about that? I think we, (laughs) I think we might know what he'd say, but, um, anyway, You know, CNN, I got to say, as dangerous as a workplace as that seems to be, not because of COVID, because of all the pedophiles and the sexual harassment and assault happening there, you know, there's a few people we don't have to worry about. We don't have to worry about potato head Brian Stelter. I don't think we have to worry about that guy ever being accused of sexual misconduct. And then Jeff Tubin, right? Jeff Tubin, who was uh, wanking uh, while his uh, Skype camera was on and he was doing some kind of interview. Uh, Jeff Tubin. Jeff Tubin's probably, he might be the only guy at CNN who actually keeps his hand to himself. That's probably true. But anyway, <clears throat> this is Drew Allen. This has been a lot of fun today. Um, God bless you all. I want to thank you for tuning in every episode. We grow the audience in a massive way. And that's because of you. And, um, I couldn't do this without you. And it brings me joy to see those numbers coming in and us growing because as far as fun as it is to talk about these issues, I don't do it for myself. I do it for us because the way I see this, you know, you and I are sitting here having a little bit of communion when we get together. But thanks again and until next time.